Hi, everyone, and welcome to another Fiber New podcast. On this podcast, we sat down with Sean Collin of Fiber New Central Alberta in Red Deer, Alberta. Sean has been running his Fiber New business for a number of years now, and he's built it up to now include a total of five employees. And in this conversation, we talk about how he's built his business up and how he plays into the strengths of all of his employees and also works around their schedules. Sean was a pioneer in the vinyl siding repair technique in Fibernew, and we talked about the origins of that. He also talks about how for many years he relied on hail damage in his area and the subsequent vinyl siding repair that goes along with that. But this year, it dried up. There were no hailstorms in his area. So he talked about how he's had to reshape his business to overcome that loss in revenue. He also talked about how he's had to overcome adversity in the past when he loses contracts, such as large furniture stores. Whatever the case may be, he always has a really can-do attitude around such events and just finds a way to make it work. Sean shares a really awesome philosophy on the difference between running your business as a business or treating it like a job and how you get paid in those two scenarios. Sean is a seasoned vet in Fiverrnew and he shares some really helpful insights. Insights we hope you can take to your business and apply. We hope you enjoy. Cheers. All right, Sean. So thank you very much for taking some time out of your day to join us on this podcast. Um, do you want to cool. maybe talk a little bit about what you were doing right before we hopped on the call or shortly before we were doing, just because it's an interesting story? Oh, you're talking about my uh, abusing myself? <laughs> yeah, if that's what you call I, it, yeah. <laughs> I, I hired a personal trainer, so I, I have a personal trainer Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from... Uh, two to two thirty, a half hour, where they uh, they basically beat the crap out of you for a half hour. But and then b- before that, I go on the treadmill and then basically just doing things like running upstairs and leg lifts and sit ups and just trying to get myself back into shape, lose a few pounds, and, and invest a couple hours a week into my into my health a bit, I guess. I like what so you yeah, said. That if you, you can't, that. Good for you. Yeah, I like, I like what you said about investing a couple hours in yourself per week. That, that's, that's the way you got to look at it as an investment, isn't it? I mean, I'm sure when you're in the thick of uh, doing, the, doing the exercise, you're thinking, what do I get myself into? But it, it is worth it in the end, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You, you feel good afterwards. I mean, when you're about to go there, sometimes you're going, oh, I don't want to do this. And in the middle of it, I mean, you're sweating and they push you to the limit. But that's, I mean, the nice thing is only a half an hour. You know, it's not two hours in the gym. It's just a half hour. So, um, Condensed. Yeah. And I mean, you, you know, the older you get, the more you look at, uh, you know, you want to stay healthy. So, and, and so, yeah. Cool. Let's uh, let's start a little bit about your business. Do you want to just describe to everyone exactly where you are and, and the makeup of your territory in terms of population and demographics and whatnot? Let's just get a lay of the land if we can. Yeah, um, I'm in Red Deer, Alberta, so um, an hour and a little bit north of Calgary and an hour and a little bit south of Edmonton. I'm right right in between the two. Um, Red Deer has a population of about 110,000. Um, and my service area, I think, is around 280. Um, 
is is with the towns around for for what I operate, mm-hmm. and that's with the hospital in Red Deer Services. Um, we're we're an oil field town, so we had a nice good boom for the last ten years. But about a year ago, of course, everybody knows the oil field, and the oil industry completely collapsed. So there's about ten thousand oil workers that are out of work right now, which means probably forty thousand people affected in Red Deer and surrounding area that um, are out of work or, you know, um, looking for work, that kind of thing. Some have moved back to where they came from, the East Coast or, or other provinces, etc. So the, uh, the economy's hurting a little bit right now, but uh, um, overall, you know, it's a, it's a good city. Such is the way in Alberta. We have a, a boom and bust cycle here. There's, there's no doubt about that. And uh, we're, we're feeling a bit of pain right now. But uh, sometimes that's good for us in Fiberty land. Um, since, yeah, uh, I, I, I totally agree because, you know, I get more calls on people wanting stuff repaired because they're not going to go buy new furniture or their vehicles. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely. You know, the, the, the business... The, the, my sales haven't gone down; they've just changed. Fair enough. Yeah, they've come from different yeah. sources or different areas. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about um, your. You, you have a shop and technicians. So, do you want to just describe um, your your employees and and who's doing what and and your shop and what you work on in your shop and what's worked on in the mobile sure. sense? Yeah. Yeah, so, so I'm I'm in my 10th year now, and so where I'm at is I have a, I don't know, I think it's like a 2,500 or 3,000 square foot shop. It's bigger than I need, but I rent out some office space. Um, it just happened to be that's where I ended up. Um, and I have, I have an assistant um, that books appointments, does my bookkeeping, um, greets customers, all that kind of stuff. And then I have myself and... Um, four full-time technicians and a part-time technician as well. So I guess there's okay. six of us in total. And then our work is a combination of going, um, you know, still doing mobile, um, but we also do a lot of shop work. I've, I've, I've managed to get a lot of the car dealerships now just drop the cars off at the shop. Um, and they they know that if they need to book me to come out, it may be a few days, but if they just have someone drop it off, we can get at it usually right away. Um, so that's vehicles. Some furniture, of course, we do in the shop. We do, you know, tons of mobile still. And then we do a lot of uh, vinyl siding repairs. We do that in our shop. We take the siding off the homes. We'll go out and do, you know, five, ten homes, pick them up, bring it into the shop and work on it that way, let it cure make sure it's good to go, and then put it back on the house. The windows, of course, when we're doing hail damage to PVC windows, we're doing that on the house. And, uh, yeah, so the the shop's kind of a combination of all kinds of things, people dropping off motorcycle seats and when we're bringing in vehicles and um, and then different different technicians have different skills depending on what we're doing. Some can do everything. Some can only do some things. So. Okay. All right, and that, that's a perfect lead into my next question. That um, you, you've talked about playing into employees or technicians' strengths and schedules. Do, do you want to talk a little bit about what that means exactly, and and how you make yeah, that work? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I've always found that you know I could never you know especially as you know when I started off it was just me and then I added 
uh, a technician and an, and, a, and an assistant part time, and I've slowly grown from there. But it was always hard to to, to commit to someone forty hours a week and and a, and a big salary. We all know that's tough. But I found that if you, there's a lot of people out there that have skills, and if you work with what their needs are as well as ours, um, I'll give you a couple examples. I have um, one of my technicians. She um, she lives 45 minutes outside of town. And I, I had placed an ad when I was looking for technicians, specifically saying what we were looking for. And so she applied. And she was driving 45 minutes a day to bring her kids to school because they wanted to go to high school and junior high in, in Red Deer. So she'd drop them okay. off and then she'd go all the way home. And she's, she had a taxidermy business. So she's a taxidermist. And so she, when she saw airbrushing and she saw certain things, she thought there was a click. So what I've done with her is she drops her kids off at school at 3.30, comes to work for me at 9, and then leaves at 3 o'clock so she can pick her kids up at 3.30 and go home. So she works six hours a day, five days a week, except for if Friday's an in-service for the kids, then, then she doesn't come to work. We've kind of agreed that when the kids aren't coming, she ain't coming mostly. But she worked all summer. Having said that, she worked all summer, that just, just during the school year. She, and and so that that works out excellent for her. It works out for me. Um, she's a great technician, um, and she's come in early and stayed late and all that things. But but there's some flexibility there. And if if, if she needs to take the kids to the the, the dentist or whatever, you you, you kind of schedule around it. She always gives us plenty of time. Um, but because I have a few technicians, I can always you know fill someone in her spot if she can't be there. Um, I have another gentleman who who owned a furniture repair business, um, nothing to do with leather. He was all wood refinishing and antiques, and he sold his business a few years ago, but he was also a, a journeyman auto body guy. And he hadn't done it in years, but he still loved to do it, and he owns old Corvettes, and he owns old cars, and he loves cars. And so he applied when, when he saw kind of what we were doing, and he um, has a cottage, and his wife has Fridays off, and he, of course, sold his business a couple of years ago and then realized that he spent all the money he sold his business on and he wanted to work a little bit more. doesn't really mean <laughs> what he, he wants to and wanted a little extra cash. But his deal was he wants every Friday off because they, they leave Thursday night and go to the cottage. So for him, he works Monday to Thursday for me, and he does a lot of my plastic work and old cars and dashes and door panels. That's what he loves. He 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 he's, hasn't really got down the leather and vinyl part, um, so he's stuck to doing the, the siding repair, the initial repair, the graining, um, dashes, anything plastic, anything old car. And then when there's not that kind of work, he doesn't work, and he's just fine with that. So, um, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Examples. So, yeah, and then um, – on, on the final siding side of things, and I know you had almost like a crew mentality or a crew setup. Did you not? You know, a couple guys going out and getting it, getting the down yep. siding, bringing it back. Yeah. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? How you set that? Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Sure. I've I've kind of done both. I have two guys this year that that work for me that I hired on as employees. Before that, I had. Um, contractors that would go take off the siding and bring it to me and then we would do the repairs and then I would have them put it back on and these were these were guys that were professionals in the siding and roofing business um, that worked for the same insurance companies we did so they were certified I didn't have to worry about it 
Um, but then it got to the point where I needed to get more technicians trained. So um, I've hired two guys this year that take off the siding, put the siding on, do the window repairs, and started have started learning how to do the siding repairs. But I've had other technicians doing the rest of it. So it, it, you know, it it, it, it kind of gets a good turnaround where you're you're putting stuff off or taking stuff off, putting stuff on, and in a day. You know, you can be taking off, putting on, and bringing stuff to the shop, and it kind of works like you say, almost like a production line in our shop. If you can picture it, there's just table upon table of um, two by eight sheet tables in long lines where we just line up with with siding, but also other jobs like seats and everything, and they just go in long lines the length of the of the shop, and we kind of try and work everything in kind of a production line, um, working around. Okay. And then uh, you mentioned you had a, an admin person as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what she does in your business? Yeah, actually, it's funny. She just she just gave me her notice a couple of days ago. Um, oh, no. Her husband. <laughs> okay. Well, it's, it's for good reasons for her. her well, if, I don't know. You, you, you her husband got a job in Innovit, which is way, way up in the Northwest Territories. Um, so that so they're they're moving to Innovit as as part of an adventure. So um, I've just been interviewing over the last couple of days, and I've got some really good people. I got someone starting. They're going to spend a day tomorrow. I've I've narrowed it down to three people. So I have one tomorrow, one Wednesday, and one Thursday. Going to spend a day with her, and then she's going to kind of evaluate, and then we'll we'll pick the final person. But what what she works is she works nine to three for me as well, uh, Monday to Thursday. So four days a week, uh, six hours a day, so 24 hours a, a week. And she does all my bookkeeping. Um, she books my appointments. Um, in the morning, we, we, we trade off emails. She'll print off all the emails of estimates. I'll write out the estimates. Okay, this one, she communicates that. She chases the money, um, makes the deposits, um, runs ads, does a little bit of the marketing, greets the customers. Um, yeah, I mean, a bit of everything in the office. I mean, there's just there's so many little things that take up your time, and that just um, that's not my forte. I'm I'm probably not the most organized person, so I always believe in hiring your weaknesses. So um, that's definitely someone I've had almost probably from three months in. I I hired a, a part time assistant because I just knew that it would okay. just the pile up would pile up. <laughs> That was my next question: Is who did you hire first? And I, you just answered it that uh, your, your admin person was uh, was first in line. Yes. What What did that and that's do what, for you, or what What did that free up? What did that mean to your business? The moment you had someone in that chair, well, the right. Well, I mean, and, and honestly, the reason why I did it that way, I don't know if I would have done it that way if if they didn't tell us at training to, you know, that's what Dan said. You know, before you get another tech, get an admin person, and and, and he's right, because um, what it does is it it it, it frees like when when she's there, the she's picking up the phones, and and so it's not ringing all the time when I'm trying to do repairs. Number one. So in the beginning, when it was just me, it just allowed me to focus on the repairs. Also, when you when you're doing a ton of um, warranty work for furniture stores, it's time consuming getting those those warranty reports, then you've got to phone the customer, book the appointment, go do the job, download the pictures, 
afterwards send them the report. They have questions. It, it just frees up. I mean, the way I look at it is I'm $100 an hour, and she's 15 to $20 an hour. Okay. So every yes. every minute that she's doing something is allowing me to do another $100 job. And, and and in my case, you know, I just don't want to spend my evenings another five hours doing paperwork. Right. So that, that you know, it's it's part of the lifestyle thing too. Good for you. And then yeah, you've got time to go to boot camp and stuff like that too. So it's yeah, it's yeah. all connected. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, when when I when I first started the business, I had in my mind that I wanted to build a business. And and so I never knew – I had a vision, and, and I'm actually surprised how much of what I visualized and what I, what I thought of. And, and I, I was just talking to someone the other day, uh, another franchisee, and we were talking about that, is, is, is you've got you to visualize your end result. What do you want? Because if you don't know what you want, that's exactly what you're getting. And, and so if, if, you, you know, if you treat your business like a job, you're going to get paid like a job, but if you treat your business like a business, you're going to get you're going to get paid like a business. And and, and not not one's right or wrong. It's just you got to look at, at what you want, and and you got to look at the lifestyle you want. And I just always wanted to own a business so that if I don't if I wake up that day and for some reason I don't go in, I'm still making money because I have technicians and I have a a business that's producing income. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so that's kind of always been my my um, the way I've I've tried to grow the business and and sometimes you you um, you gotta I, I've had to take leaps where I've hired someone and and then and then my job right now mostly is to go out and get business to keep my technicians busy. That's that's where my role is now. Is more more going out, visiting businesses, um, talking to you know whoever we're doing you know, and, and and building that business up. And as Dan says, the 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 top paid person in any organization is usually the sales guy. And your case in point that uh, you're in that sales chair now. Um, and generating the work, and and I'm sure you still do some of the hands-on when, when needed, but for the most part, it's yeah. And, the, and I have to train my technicians too, and you know that's always an ongoing yeah. thing, and there's always feedback, and and yeah, I mean I still do repairs, but more my my objective is to, and it, it, it puts pressure on you, but it, it's kind of a cool thing to go out and have to get business to keep. I have to look at that calendar all the time and make sure it's full because. Those employees are showing up to work no matter what. And, and, and I guess what, one thing I, I can say that I found is years ago I had a technician that was a, um, a contractor. So they got paid a percentage of the job. And, and there's advantages to that in the beginning because they don't get paid unless you get paid, unless they generated business. But the disadvantage to that is their incentive is to do that job and that's it. And, and I find sometimes that they don't go the extra mile, whereas now I have all hourly paid technicians. And now, so if I'm looking at a car and I walk by and they're, and they're doing the repair and I say, while you're at it, make sure you put some color over there, you know, just or clean that up or make that look good. To them, they're getting paid hourly, so they're, it does it, it it, it number one goes the extra mile for the customer, so they're happy. But I don't have a technician going, well, you're going to pay me more for that. Because they're getting paid anyway. Right. 
Right. You know. Okay. And and and, and so so sometimes my days are you take the good with the bad. So sometimes I, I'm getting enough business so that they get paid and I don't make much after that because you you got to make sure. But then there's but you got to take the good with the bad and you got to look at it. Kind of like when you treat your when you treat the business like a business and get paid like a business, you got to also remember that that's not your money; it's the business's money. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah. so the vehicle isn't yours; it's the business's, and 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 the, the supplies are the business's, and those employees. Everybody's working for the business, and if you look at it that way, then. It's it's a psychological thing because it'll drive you crazy sometimes because employees will do dumb things that cost you money, and 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 sometimes you don't want to spend that money, but you got to look at what you're growing to and what you're what you what you're creating, and you know I, I've been in the restaurant business before and, and other businesses, so maybe that's where I get that from. But but you just got to separate yourself, um, and 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 look at it as that's the business's money, and and afterwards what's left is yours. Either way, your eye in the bigger, bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to something you said a, a few minutes ago because I think it's brilliant, and it's what you said about if you look at your business like a job, you'll be paid like an employee or like you're at a job. If you treat your business like a business, you'll get paid. Uh, I think I'm, I'm mincing words here a little bit, but you'll, you'll get yeah, paid no, you're right. like, uh, like the owner of the business. Yeah, and did you have that mentality from the beginning, Sean, or, or did it take you a while to adapt to that role? And, and this is a bit of a, a, a two-pronged question for you because I want to go back to what you said about having that vision for your business from the beginning. So maybe yeah. my question is actually rooted in what was your vision right from the get-go and, and how does that bolt on to where you are today? You want to talk a little bit about so, that? Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I've always had the vision that I wanted it to be a business. In other words, I didn't want to be the only one bringing in revenue Okay. Um, because that's, that's a job. Because then, if I don't go to work, I don't get paid, and no one gets paid. So I always, I always had the vision of wanting at least an assistant and at least one technician. Um, okay. I never, I never knew I'd get up to four technicians or five. You know, that that that's just kind of grown. But I always had the vision of growing a business. And did you look at? Um, you know, the, the shop right away, did you look at um, a, a plan on saying, okay, within two years I want one technician, within three I want a second? Were there kind of some, some milestones laid out? Yeah, well, I quick, I, in my case, I quickly realized that I needed a shop real quick because my wife wasn't real happy about using the garage. And then, of course, we have winter here and it's cold, so you have to bring your tools into the house every day. And that blocking up the hallway, right where the bathroom was, wasn't working. So, <laughs> so you know, it, 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 it's getting creative. I, I mean, the first thing I did is is I was when I went into different customers, I, I planted the seed that if you know of a little spot, um, I'm looking. And I mean, I planted the seed, and within two weeks, um, a guy that I did work for that installs car stereos and car starters and that kind of thing and I had to do an oops for him 
and he had a big shop, and then he called me back. He says, you know, Alan, I'm thinking about it. You know, if you want to put your stuff at the back, and if you have to pull in a car once in a while, and, you know, we're not using the upstairs, so if you want to use the upstairs in, in the shop area for an office, we have an office there. So I think it was like 300 bucks or something. He, it, it just worked wow. out that. Perfect. So then yeah. I put a phone in there, and within a month later, I hired, I hired an assistant. That's great. So through, through happy it, uh, it came about. <laughs> well, I knew I needed an assistant because I was already four or five months in, and I already had piles like boxes just full of papers because I'm just not, you know, I knew I was keeping everything, and I was keeping it as organized as I could, enough to hand to someone to say, here, please put this into a computer and get, you know, my but but if I would have waited too much longer, it was it was already getting ugly. Okay. But, but, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of like the, the the same thing. You got to kind of put an intention out of what you want. You got to you got to figure out what you want. And I I wanted a shop. I didn't need a full shop. I needed some space. So if you don't ask, you don't get. Very true. Very true. Setting goals is uh, is is huge. You know, I mean, if it's yeah, and as far as it's as far as a technician, yeah, I I kind of had in my mind that by me after a, a year, I for sure wanted a technician, and that's kind of when it worked out. Um, sometime okay. I, sometime in the second year, I knew I needed to, to to get myself up to speed and 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 have some skills before I could ever have anybody else. So it just kind of worked out that way. Okay. You and I have talked about the the idea of uh, I'll call it the field of dreams concept in in the if you build it they will come kind of scenario. Yeah. So w- was that the situation when you hired your first technician? And you know was was there that leap of faith that the work would consistently be there to you know start feeding three mouths at that point between your your admin yourself and a technician, or was was that base of work there that there was no question that would happen? Do you want to just go back and, well, and, and describe that? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's always, there's not a, there's, I mean, nothing's written in stone. But mm-hmm. what I what I did, yeah, you, you, you take a leap of faith and you just start getting jobs. I mean, I was lucky. I, I, I ended up having the brick contract, so I was doing quite a bit of furniture repairs. And then we had quite a bit of automotive coming in. So what it did by hiring someone is it made us get the work done quicker, and I just counted on keeping on adding more work. So it's definitely a leap of faith. Um, I've definitely, I don't like stress with money, no one does, but especially with my business, so I, I, I never keep less than $20,000 in, corp- in my business account. Okay. And, and, and that, that, that relieves a lot of stress because I know payroll is going to get paid. I know the bills are going to get yeah. paid. And, and if I need money, I can grab it. But if I don't need to, I don't have to. So I made sure, I think back then actually it wasn't 20. It was, I think I had a number of 12 or 10. I never let it go mm-hmm. below 10. And, and, and that way when I hired someone, I knew, I knew they were covered and and in the beginning they were a contractor, so they didn't get paid unless I got paid. Mm-hmm. You, you don't make as much because as a contract you pay them more as a contractor. But it, it, it's easier to manage that way. You're 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 never hurt when they go out to work because you know you're getting paid too. Right. When when, okay. when it's hourly, 
when it's hourly, my mentality with hourly is, let's say a tech costs me three grand a month for, for an, um, a round number. I try and get them $3,000 worth of work as quick as possible so that the rest of the month I know I'm making money. So I kind of, I, I, I kind of do things bass backwards. I get them to do the biggest jobs like because th- then they're paid for. I, I, I think that's smart. I don't think that's backwards at all. <laughs> I think that's the way you got to do it. it it's, it's like paying your bills first and then everything flows um, into your bank account yeah. after that. I, I like it. Exactly. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then and and do you have a, a typical... Go ahead. I was just going to say that any, any day after that, I'm just trying to make sure, you know, I'm trying to make sure that everybody does at least one or two jobs a day to cover their pay. You know, that's a worst-case scenario. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, you're kind of known as, as the vinyl siding guy in fiber. You, know, you were you're the pioneer of the process going back a few years. What? Um, let, let's just step through the timeline and the evolution of, of how that came to be. So, a lot of this has to do with where you live and that you do get a lot of hail storms in, in, in your area. I think you're called hail alley or something like that. Isn't there a slang? Yeah. Most, sure most amount of hail in North America. Oh, is that what it is? Okay. okay I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Um, and was it just, was it a matter of you seeing the opportunity? Was it, um, how, how did it all come about? No, you want to just, not at all. Okay. It was capitalizing on opportunity, but I didn't know that opportunity exists. What, what had happened was, um, and this was probably about nine months in. I don't know, even know if I was a, a year. Uh, no, it was nine months in. And um, the phone rang, and it was a, a gentleman um, who I still do. He's an adjuster I still do a ton of business with. Um, phoned me up and said, hey, uh, we had a hailstorm. And I was wondering if you could fix some siding. We have we have this house where there's just a couple of hits, and it would sure be a shame to 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 reside this whole house. Um, can you fix it? And I I did what what Dan taught me, which was say yes and then figure it out afterwards. <laughs> and and the way I repaired that initial house. So so actually, I got to tell you this story because it's pretty funny. He he didn't tell me this, but the he wanted to make sure that we were legit and we could do what we said. So the person that he sent me to his house was the city manager of Red Deer. No pressure. Right? So he's <laughs> next under the mayor and yeah. um, did not want his house repaired. Okay. None of this, none of this was told to me and he had just broken his ankle. So he was in a cast and the whole time I was repairing the siding, he was standing over me. And I didn't know how to repair the siding, and I just went on my training. And, I, and at that time, I had no experience with Repoplast whatsoever. I wasn't using Repoplast. So I put foam in the hole of the siding, fasted it so it turned into plastic, sanded it down, and then by hand created the grain and the color. And, and the... the uh, the homeowner who was the city manager was so ticked off when I was done because he couldn't see a thing. He couldn't believe it. And I mean, I'm lying. I'm, I'm, I'm on my knees on the sidewalk of his house doing this repair on his driveway. I think it was, I didn't have, I didn't have tables. I didn't know what I was going into. And, uh, yeah, it was just two holes and, and, 
And so what happened was there was a fairly good storm that hit Red Deer that 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 year, and um, and then all of a sudden that adjuster just started sending me jobs and sending me jobs, and then the word got out, and then other adjusters were sending and then then the phone was ringing going you can fix siding and then everybody thinks you're coming with a can of silicone or something and and so what i ended up having to do is is um that year and the next year that it just the word started getting out and i had to start educating the adjusters and educating the homeowners so i took a piece of siding maybe a foot or two long and i put two holes in it and two cracks in it and I fixed one hole and one crack and left the other two to show them the before and after. And, and I just carried that with me and would show the adjusters and show the homeowners so they could get an idea of what we were doing. And um, that's how it started. Real life before and after. So instead of photos, you just had the actual pieces, and uh, that's all you needed to show them, I imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was a lot of educating, a lot of running around. Because I'm, you know, it, it, it's taken ten years, but the analogy I've kind of because I had to educate not only the homeowners, but I had to educate the adjusters. And I mean, to this yeah. day, we're still educating adjusters, but they're they're much more knowledgeable. And the way I, I explain to the adjusters is when when we get a car damaged and someone keys keys our door on our car, number one, we don't get a new car. Number two, we don't get the whole car painted. We get the door fixed. And it's not always perfect. People complain about the shine all the time, but that's what... So it's the kind of the same with the houses. People think they hit the lottery and they get all new siding, but when you get two holes... So today it's almost normal, but 10 years ago, every customer... And it, it was a constant battle and a constant fight. And so you had to kill them with kindness. You had to go there... You had to educate them. You had to show them. You had to tell them, look, if you're not happy, I'll, 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 I, you know, you, we'll go to the adjuster. We'll let them know. And um, I always stood by what we did. And in, and, and in the 10 years I've been doing siding and windows, I've never had a repair fail. I've had maybe five houses out of the probably 1,000 houses in 10 years at least that where the color maybe shifted, it didn't, you know, something wasn't quite right and we had to go back and, and tweak something. Like I just went back last week to a house we did three or four years ago and we did like nine repairs, but for some reason, two repairs, the color was weird. So we just went back and I mean, it was no big deal. You're done. Just tweak the color and, and gone and they're super happy and the insurance company's happy because we stood by our name and what we said we do, we did. And, and so, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been really good. But now we have competition, which has made it more challenging. I was going to ask you about that. So what, what's happened in the space? Now, you know, other companies have seen you doing this, and, and um, they obviously want a piece of that pie. So what has that meant for you in, in your market? Yeah, well, yeah, and what's happened also is the adjusters. Adjusters don't like to be have one option. They like to have options. They want competition. They like to dictate and 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 we didn't fit into their mold of saying you're going to do it for this price they they had to let us quote and we still have to quote because they're always unique the damage but and and so we've had to um competition always never helps price it 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 helps the adjusters but it doesn't help us so we've had to to um somewhat lower our repair prices our uh, you know I don't know. We've gotten better at it, so I guess 
you, you got to be competitive, and and we've had we had a one company come in and just totally undercut, and then another company come in that matched that company's undercut. So mm-hmm. they they went out and hired sales reps and went crazy, and but their work isn't that good, and and, and okay. it's come back to button somewhat too. So right. So is that the point when adjusters start coming back to you because of the quality of work, or what what happens there? Or does yeah. they kind of get a second chance or? Well, I mean, they're still getting work. The, the problem is the, the company that's my biggest competitor comes from Calgary. So when Calgary gets a big storm and I get a big storm, it's good because it doesn't help Calgary, though. They're taking the Calgary work, and they don't have enough guys to come out and take all my work. When there's nothing okay. going on in Calgary and, and I've got the storm, then they're all coming here. They're still getting the work because you've got to remember, most people don't even go look at and, and complain. So they're, they're, they're still getting their share of work. But I get comments all the time that our work is just that much better. But unfortunately, a lot of the time, price is the number one thing right. than, than quality. Yeah. So, yeah, so, as it yeah. is in the insurance world, unfortunately. But uh, I like um, yeah. you, had a, you had another expression or another way of looking at it with insurance companies that the faster you do work, the more work they give you. Yeah, um, And absolutely. I think that just, just had to do with they just like fast turnaround. Is that is that the simple way of looking at that, or they they just yeah they like they have a debt Yeah, yeah. Like right. you got a picture there. You know, we're we're solving the adjuster's problem, and the adjuster's problem is they have a desk full of files, and they all run by this computer system that that automatically every fifteen days or ten days or thirty days that file comes up on their computer and they have to find out what's going on with it and update it. And so the less of those they have coming up, um, number one, they're happy with you because if, you, if they give you a job and you don't get to it until six weeks later and someone else now can do that, they're going to give it to them. But as they give you jobs and you're sending them invoices and they see you, they're just going to keep, then they go to their, their, their pile that's sitting on their desk of hundreds of homes when we get a hailstorm, and they just start feeding you more because you're getting stuff done and you're top of mind. They know it's going to be taken care of quickly and, and done right. And, uh, yeah, of course, you're yeah. rewarded for that. That makes total sense. Yeah. And, and adju- yeah. yeah, it's all about what your customer, like, you know, almost at every customer that we work for, we're, we're solving their headache about getting this mistake or this whatever's broken or whatever, they just want it taken care of. And the quicker, the better. And especially yeah. with the adjusters, it's just, you know, you, they just got hundreds and hundreds of files. And the more of them you can take care of, the more of them you'll take care of. Makes total sense. And I'm, I'm curious, when because you're servicing so many homes um, just for vinyl siding, does that uh, spin off into other work for you? I mean, as you get to talk with homeowners and yeah. and just uh, as you're in the neighborhood and whatnot, I mean, I'm, I'm curious what kind of other work that's that's brought on for you. Well, you definitely get other siding and window work because the neighbors are going, How I haven't got mine fixed. You you pick up jobs <laughs> that way, but yeah, you, you definitely pick up, yeah, can you come look at my car? Can you come look at my sofa? Can you... Um, sure. Yeah, all that stuff because that, that's definitely what I've trained with my technicians is they, they, they hand out a pamphlet, they, they educate them on everything we do, not, not, just the, uh, not just the siding and the windows because 
especially with the siding and windows, you've got to educate them on your, you've got to show credibility. So first of all, when you say, you know, Fiberdew has been in business since the 80s and world headquarters is in Calgary, for me that's a big deal because that's an hour away and they, you almost see them take a sigh of relief. Okay, you're not a fly-by-night. And, you know, I've had my business here for 10 years, but before me, I think, there's been a couple other franchisees before me for another 12 or 15 years. So when you're hitting the 20, 25 year mark, um, and they, and they, they, yeah. And and I mean, not that you have to have a shop, but in my case that helps. I let them know I'm taking the siding to a shop. They know there's an address. They can Google it Again, it's another layer of credibility because like I, like I had technicians that accidentally spilled some fast on a, on a wood deck. And it's one of those wood decks that you don't stain. The color's built into it. And, right. And, 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 and we had to have a conversation afterwards that when you're going to touch someone's house, you're going to touch a half a million dollars. And, and there's no joke here. You're touching someone's half a million dollars, their biggest investment. Or, you know, it could be a quarter of a million dollars or whatever it is, but just easy to say half a million or a quarter of a million. And, and, and you got to... Everything you do, like I will not go to someone's house and work on it, even if the adjuster says go do it, until that homeowner, I've called them and I said, this is what we're doing, answer all their questions, and they give me permission to step onto their property. Because that's their, you know, that's their home. And so you just got to be really conscious of, of that you're working on someone's home. And, and, you know, most of my technicians don't smoke, but the ones that do, they never smoke in the yard. They never anywhere near that. They have to, you have to watch your language. You have to, you have to be aware that you're in someone else's environment. And, and, and it's different. It's, it just seems it's a little different when you're working outside than in someone's living room. I mean, it's obvious when we're in someone's living room fixing a couch. But when you're spending hours out in someone's yard, you just have to be very conscious of, of, of the environment you're at. And you're a guest in the end. And it's, yeah. It's, yeah. 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 And you're often working at someone's house who really wanted new siding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're, you know, yeah. sometimes you're not the popular, you're not, you're, yeah, you're not, they don't want you you know, there. They're, going, <laughs> they're going, they're waiting for you to be done so they can criticize it, you know, and, and, and it's so funny when they get done and they can't find where you did the repair and they go, damn, I want to do siding, but you guys did a hell of a job, you know, you hear that a lot, which is awesome. Damn you and your quality. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so one thing that again you and I have talked about is that the hailstorms this year weren't as plentiful as in the past. So this is yeah. going to represent a, a, a change in, in your revenue stream this year. What is yeah, that going so to mean to your, your business? What, what are you thinking? Or just bring us up it's to, about up half to speed. It, so I didn't get one hailstorm this year. It wasn't like not a plentiful. There was zero. Wow. The, uh, okay. we, have, we have planes that go up and seed the sky, and I guess they were extra efficient this year, and they seed the hail so that it comes down in like little pea sizes, which does no damage. And they just managed to get them all this year. And so we got, in my territory, no hail. Calgary got lots, Lethbridge I think got some, and I think Medicine Hat did, but, but I got none. So Alberta still got their hailstorm. They always say it's not a, a matter of if, it's a matter of where. And in my case, just this year, I got no hail. So right now, normally, I'd have hundreds of um, claims coming in to go estimate and bid for, and we'd be filling up the shop, and we'd be working now till about December 15th till it's too cold, 
And then over the winter, we do what we can when it's warm. And then in the spring, I'd have a few hundred houses to do. And, and, and so what I have now for the next 8 to 12 months is zero. Because realistically, the next storm won't hit till June or July, and I won't get work till next August probably. So I have to adjust. And, and so, I mean, it's just a season. I know it's not like hail's never going to not come back again, but I've spent a whole bunch of time training these technicians, and I've got to try and keep them. So in 2008, when, when the economy crashed, um, and the car dealers and the GM was in trouble and all that. I never worked at a car dealer for at least six months, and mm-hmm. and and I, I changed my focus then, and and I got to change my focus now. So, the the difference is 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 when you get a hailstorm, the work kind of comes to you. I've built up the relationships with the adjusters and the restoration companies and that, and you pick up the phone and you talk to them, and yeah, what's coming in, and and you're you're almost talking every day on different things. Now we got to go back to the old school, which everybody's used to, and 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 some do and some don't, and and, and I got to go back to it, which is going out and getting the business, and and, and so that's going to be doing a a chiropractor blitz or a dental blitz. Um, I know to, I know with car dealers um, because I've, I've you know we we've been so busy with siding and that I I haven't done as many sales calls, so I'm just going to have to do more sales calls because I know when you go to the car dealers, if you go visit them, they'll give you more work. And I got to go to the more furniture stores, and I got to put more ads in Kijiji. So, really, the pressure is on me because it's my job to get work for my technicians. Mm-hmm. And, and so, I, yeah. I don't hear I don't hear panic in your voice. I just I just hear um, a very methodical change to what has to happen over the next few months, and and. Uh, I'm guessing in your mind it's a pretty simple process. It's just getting back into sales mode and and making it rain. Um, Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I've had to have have a a talk with a couple of my technicians, and I mean, it's not like we haven't had the talk of the layoff talk. Because I'd rather have everything on the table and be honest with everybody. But I've also... I had a conversation with the federal, I called up uh, Service Canada today because they have a work sharing program that I'm trying to figure out, but t- trying to get someone in the government explain something to you is like, and, and so I may do a work sharing program or I may do a layoff. I don't want to lose these guys. So what I've told them is, is I may lay you off, but I'll have you work one day a week for me at least because they're allowed to collect unemployment and still make a certain amount over unemployment. So what I'm trying to do is top it off so that they don't lose any money. And okay. plus I can still continue to train them and, and, and develop their skills. And it's not like I'm not getting any siding work. Like it's pretty much dead, but there's still stuff from last year's storm. I'm still getting the odd thing like – we still have two or three houses in the shop right now, but a little bit's coming in. But as winter hits, it's going to be very little. But I don't want to lose these guys because I know 12 months from now I'm going to need them when the storm hits. And, and, and so I don't want them going off and getting another job. And, I mean, the economy isn't the greatest year anyway, so it's going to be tough for them to get one. But I think if I'm honest with them and I work with them, that, that we can make this work. Absolutely. And... Um I mean, there's lots of work out there otherwise. 
Um, so just focusing all, on all that other stuff, diversifying yeah. further, and then when vinyl siding comes around again, holy cow, you're going to have to hire more people. <laughs> right, because you know, I know I can keep I know I can keep two technicians busy. I just don't know if I can keep four technicians busy. And okay. and that's where we'll probably do a little bit of work sharing. Um, okay. You know, you know, and, and you just you just figure it out. It, it's just you, you, when you get busy, you got to figure it out and you got to adjust. And you can't you can't do I, I don't know in my mind. You're either growing or you're dying, but you also you got to adjust to the market to what's going on, and 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 so what worked last month might not work next month, and you you, you just figure it out because I mean we one day um, I mean how many people know that one day we we were I was doing how many of us were doing brick the brick furniture store warranty work for them. And, uh, you know, that was 100,000 plus work for me. And in one day, they just fired every technician. They're just out of yeah. the blue. And that was a few years ago, and that didn't feel good. But you adjust, and you, you find other things. You, you can cry about it, but it's gone. Good for you, Sean. It's, uh, having the right attitude is, uh, is more than half the battle, and uh, you've got that case. So that's great. Yeah, we've, yeah. Talked, uh, we've, we've talked a lot about the past, and we've talked a lot about history. Let, let's, let's shift our focus going forward. And um, what does the next five years look like for, for you and your business? What are some of the things that uh, you're thinking about right now? And I know there's a little bit of uncertainty with, you know, keeping enough work for your technicians, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure in spite of that, you've got a master plan. Let's talk about yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, all that all all that is is a twelve month setup uh, setback because I just I mean I just never have had into ten years uh, where I've never had any hail. I've had a couple of years where there was less, so I mean this is just going to be a setback. But in a way, in a way, you know what? Is it a setback because maybe I'm going to go find a whole other business area that I never knew about because I have to go look now, right? So who knows? It, it could prove to be a very but, positive thing in the long haul, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, but uh, opening up new business. In the next five years, I mean, I don't know how much. I I had a goal this year of where I wanted to grow to. Last year, I did like around four hundred thousand, and I was my goal was six hundred thousand. But it's I'm probably only going to do three three fifty because this last quarter I'm not I'm not getting any of the siding that that would have been a big part of of this of this year. So, um, but th th my, my goal, I, the goal I've set for myself is to get up. I want to do a million dollars in business. Okay. Okay. So however that look, I'm not sure, but that that's always been a goal of mine to, to, to hit the million dollar in, in a, in a 12 month, you know, in a year. Million in sales. So that'd be nice to do in the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And, um, and what I've always done is try to chunk the business, and 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 I think what, that's what I need to do is is chunk it a little more into windows, siding, automotive, furniture, you know, dental. If that was one, old cars, and and then when you chunk it into those different areas and treat them almost like separate divisions or separate businesses, then it, it forces you to build them so that they're self-sustaining. Sure. So you have little business units inside of your, your, your business as a whole. Right. And, um, and 
because you're big on playing into strengths, I imagine you would have certain technicians responsible for each of those divisions. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Very cool. Yeah. Like when it, when it was just uh, me and my first technician, I did all the furniture and he did all the automotive. And okay. I mean, not that we did all, we switched back and forth, but I always liked that idea of, of taking some ownership and building those different areas. Well, I, uh, I have no doubt that you can do that at, at this rate and, uh, you know, the foundation you've built in, in your area and uh, the opportunity out there. You can do it, man. I can see it. Thanks. So, we're, yeah. we're working on it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, just in closing, we're, uh, we're coming up just a few weeks to the, the convention in Toronto. And you've yeah. been to a few conventions and seminars and workshops and yep. the like. What, uh, what are some of the things you look forward to? Um, I, I guess in particular in the, to the Toronto one, what are some of the things that uh, you're looking forward to heading to Toronto? Well, I don't know. There are, you know, Michael always keeps everything so close to his vest that we don't know what to expect. I know there's always a couple of surprises, but <laughs> I mean, I always <laughs> like the, the, the different booths that are set up, you know, uh, of, of some things, but probably the, the the best part is just you know when all the different franchisees getting together and and uh, telling a few war stories and and I know every time I end up hearing a few things that I go oh crap I never tried that before you know different ideas you pick up on so many things when you start talking about different things and different people how they're building their business I know um, was it last month or two months ago. We did a, a three-day furniture repair um, at head office, and I was there for that. And just the guys that were there, just, just swapping the stories then, um, I learned so many different things that different people are trying. And, 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 and that's the one thing I know I always get out of, out of getting together is, is um, picking up these little – everybody always learns different new things. It's, it's always fun to learn. That's great. Oh, well, this has been a, a fantastic talk, Sean. I, again, I really appreciate you taking time. Um, this is uh, going to prove us some good information for uh, for anyone who listens in on this. So it's uh, it's been time well spent. I thank you very much, sir. Awesome. Yeah. No, it's been great. Okay, and uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. You owe me one. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> Cheers, man. Cheers. Talk to you later. Have a good night. Okay. Yeah, you too.